This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Well, the attacks on the system in email of Sony Pictures allowed the movie industry to turn tail and run away. The film in question, The Interview, starring James Franco and Seth Rogen, has drawn a lot of attention for its theme of assassinating North Korean President Kim Jong-un. Well, and uh, despite beliefs by many that it was a plot by North Korea, and we may found, find out in a little while, officially, that the United States government is going to point the finger at North Korea. There are some thoughts as to whether or not maybe somebody else had a hand in this. So where does this all stand right now? And what do we expect to happen next? Pinar Yildrum is an associate professor of marketing here at the Wharton School. And uh, oh, she is in the studio and with us on the phone, Andrea Matwishan, who is a professor at uh, Princeton University in the law school and also a former FTC senior policy advisor. Pinar? Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays, Dan. Andrea, great to talk to you again. Hi. Uh, Andrea, do you think that uh, that this truly is North Korea's work? Uh, it's really too early to say. So although that may appear superficially to be the source of a motivated group of people for this kind of conduct, the truth of the matter in, is that in these kinds of security incidents, attestation, meaning tracking the source of these kinds of incidents, is a very complicated forensic inquiry that simply has not been finished yet. And so to firmly point the finger in any direction at this point is premature at this juncture. Now, the most important piece that I think the media has been underplaying to this point is that it is well known that Sony experienced a series of breaches over the past several years, and the general opinion in the information security community is that there probably was lingering malware and lingering access from one of those prior breaches to these particular attackers. And so this may have been a case that someone planted a code bomb of sorts and just hit the the go button at this point, and not really that this was the time that the attack happened. The attack could have happened over a long time previously. And so we just need to get through those forensics before we make any drastic accusations or take any steps. Pinar, obviously a lot of people have also talked about the fact that uh, realistically all of this kind of played out. Uh, The media started talking about it, and it, there was really no mention about the movie itself until the media kind of got into it. And that's when Sony, re- or I should say the movie theaters reacted first, and then Sony reacted. So some people are saying that maybe it, the movie doesn't have as much to do with this as, as a lot of people are assuming. Uh, perhaps, yes. I mean, it seems like at least there's some motive behind uh, why this hack might have happened related to the movie because yeah. of the theme of the movie and, and the North Korean relationship and so on and so forth. But um, as you said, it's it might go beho- be beyond this, this just movie itself. It might have something to do with the corporate environment of Sony and the, and the company itself. And perhaps it's 
uh, it's partially motivated with that as well because this, the nature of this attack is very different than the previous attacks that we are commonly seeing in, in, the, in, the, in the companies, in the environments of the industry, which are usually motivated by financial incentives, sure. right? Trying to steal cu- customer information, customer financial um, information, and so on and so forth. In this case, that's not really what we see. So it, it opens up the question as to why this attack has really happened. But but certainly a lot of the information that uh, that was taken and is being kind of leaked out to the media, and now the media is, is putting this out, it, it, with some of the things that are in there, whether it's conversations between executives at, at Sony Pictures about, you know, uh, Hollywood stars, whatever it might be, there is obviously a level of egg on their face right now that they have to try and clean up. Yes, it's certainly a PR nightmare for, for Sony, especially the communications that have been happening inside on top of that, of course, they will be facing a lot of lawsuits from the employees and not doing a great job at protecting their information. Yeah. So I think this has become a much worse of a nightmare for Sony because of all of those PR issues. Indeed, a- Andrea, obviously Sony has uh, put it out there that they, they do not want the media to go forward with a lot of the information that is out there threatening, I, I guess, legal action at this point somewhere down the road if the media does continue to use some of this material? That's a catch-22 for Sony. While certainly, from a PR standpoint, they would like to limit the reach of the information and to mitigate the PR harm that's happening, generally being this heavy-handed with media outlets can backfire. And so this is a somewhat risky strategy, particularly because the First Amendment does protect media Uh, in uh, a relatively aggressive way, and it it also doesn't necessarily create the most positive, uh, transparent-looking sense of uh, actively remediating the underlying security problems, tapering over issues with trying to uh, use attorneys to stem the bleeding, while certainly from a PR standpoint that may have a a value as a strategy. doesn't necessarily address the underlying problem, and we're not really hearing yet from Sony how they're addressing the underlying information vulnerabilities that led to this. The the process of uh, the hackers then taking it and, and taking it to the next level and bringing 9-11 into it, I, it, that's one of those terms that obviously when you bring out 9-11 in anything, it draws the attention of Everybody, the the public, the government, right off the bat. And that, from a tactical standpoint, was probably one of the main reasons why we saw Sony and and potentially even the government kind of pushing their buttons as well, make the move to pull the film out of all the movie theaters and and not even have there be a possibility of anything happening. Andrew, do you believe that? Certainly that was the thinking, undoubtedly, but... Uh, whether that is the optimal reaction to this kind of uh, perhaps empty threat, whether that's really the way we want to be handling uh, threats on the Internet and giving in to these kinds of demands, uh, I'm not sure that's the optimal strategy, particularly since we're not even sure who it is that's making these threats. I think the first step here is a fast, thorough forensic investigation. And calm heads need to prevail here because if it really is a serious uh, 
potential attacking group or nation state, that's a very different reaction that we're taking than if we find out that it is perhaps some group of disgruntled IT administrators who were fired and want to do reputational and financial harm to the company. Those are two very different strategic moves that you make as a next step in both responding to this kind of uh, a problem as a company and certainly as society, we want to be rational and calm about this and not overreact with fear, but instead with a balanced, reasonable response. I, I certainly agree with the with the comments of Andrea. Uh, but on top of that, of course, this is par- partly financial on, on, on the side of the movie theaters who yeah. decided not to screen this movie. Because when you put a threat like this out there, a lot of the moviegoers will simply stay away from the movies in general, yeah. right? For at least for that period of time. And it's also a financial motive for, for them to ch- simply perhaps delay the screening of the, of the movie. The well, and, and I guess Sony, at least right now, has said they're not going to release it at all. Uh, they're not going to release it on DVD or, or Blu-ray, or they're not going to put it on on-demand at this point. At least right now, they're taking that tack. Do you think that at some point that that we will see once this all plays out, and, and maybe it is not as severe as we have first thought it is, that they will put this movie out? So something that I think we need to think about is what has all of this this uh, media outlash has done to the demand for the movie or the interest over this movie. And yeah. probably it actually created more interest than what it would be if Sony were to release this through the traditional means. In fact, we also know that there are some studies that show if movies get pirated, especially closer to the release date, if they are uh, on the file sharing environments, that might mer- work as a, as a promotion for them. And yeah. it might actually increase the demand in movie theaters. So it's not exactly straightforward to me whether the demand for this movie or the interest in this movie will be going down because of all of these these negative events that happen. In, in fact, it might increase. And there may be, as a result of all of these things, maybe after a period of time, some incentive, some initiative to just simply screen the movie or just share parts of it so could we be seeing uh you know bootleg copies of of this movie starting to filter out sometime in the you know in the next month or two i would think that there should be some interest i mean certainly a lot more people have heard because of this movie because of all of these events than than they would have heard otherwise so i'm sure that sony would try to take advantage of this increased demand but this this is a movie that that when the trailers obviously have been out there for you know a couple of months now Mm -hmm. and it has drawn a lot of reaction right off the bat because of the because of the theme of the movie and the fact that you're talking about a sitting president or or of of a country that you're talking about with this theme it it really hasn't been done before with with terms of a sitting person in office well it's a it's a comedy yeah it's a comedy and and some people will be simply not offended by a comedic theme of a movie at all and some people will be so it's it's hard to draw the line exactly at some point at what point should we stop criticizing or making movies about existing people it's so I do still think that Sony would maybe not in official terms, but in, in, in some other ways, try to at least take advantage of the demand. The, other, the other part for Sony right now is their studio chief, Amy Pascal. The, yes. A lot of the emails that have been released, uh, obviously very derogatory towards a lot of different mm-hmm. people right now. From a, from a business perspective, 
Uh, does she find herself in a spot where she may be on the way out because of all these emails that, that have been leaked out? Certainly. I think there is a lot of pressure on her right now, and she's trying to do the right things by apologizing to multiple people and, mm. and, and meeting with uh, the leaders of certain communities. But still, I don't think that that pressure is going to go away, and especially if you look at it from the perspective of the people who do business with these executives, yeah. uh, that might have some long-term effects. I mean, if you don't trust the people in, in doing business, would you rather go to another movie studio? So that's something that Sony has to think about. And in the long term, for most of the businesses also, the communication, even if it seems private in internal environments, yeah. it's clearly not private anymore. We don't live in an era where the communications that we think private are private. So I think this is going to be also sending a message to the broader movie and, and other business communities about not making offensive <laughs> comments yeah. and especially not making them over the over the emails. Well, and, and, and Andrea, that, that that's a point that really needs to be brought home again because of the fact that this just reinforces that that realistically there aren't many things out there on the internet that are safe right now. Yes, certainly. And what I hope will trigger a particular notice from other companies, particularly publicly traded companies, is the importance of doing a thorough security audit of their enterprises. So in this case, most of Sony's work has copyright protection attached to it. But let's imagine that Sony was a different type of entity that, for example, did sensitive research and development that would potentially lead up to, say, a patented drug. If this had been a different kind of enterprise, the extent of release of sensitive R&D information would be really devastating to a company. And whether you can still even argue that that information is protected under, for example, trade secret law after this type of a massive leak, yeah. if it's demonstrated that you didn't take reasonable care in structuring your IT security and you didn't have, uh, for example, you didn't have a chief security officer in place, you didn't have a chief technology officer in place. If the basics of due care aren't visible in your enterprise from the top down with respect to security, you're going to have a really hard time explaining why the losses are so devastating to your shareholders, to your board, to the outside public, yeah. and to any future business partners who may perceive your business to be run sloppily and may not want to do business with you in the future and entrust their sensitive information to you. Well, and, and that brings up an interesting question as well because of the fact that, that not only are we talking about all these emails that were released out, but but you know potential future projects that, that Sony Pictures are going to do. I know they, they mentioned about the the, the new James Bond movie that, that they're going to be putting together in the next couple of years, that basically the script for that was released. So you, you are talking about several projects that maybe even be five, seven years down the road that could be affected because of this. Exactly. And I think that's the major takeaway for companies who are watching this train wreck of sorts and <laughs> breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief that it wasn't them that got hit with this kind of um, uh, an attack, and um, I hope that people will go back to their chief security officer and say, hey, could this happen to us? What do we need to do to make sure that this doesn't happen to us? How do we create the processes inside our organization to check on an ongoing basis to make sure we're vigilant and we're prepared, yeah. not only to prevent this kind of attack, but to stop this kind of attack once it's underway 
from doing the extent of damage that happened inside Sony. Everything from computer screens showing strange logos, I, the press is reporting that even their copiers were compromised, that this was just a, a really enterprise-wide, multi-technology faceted attack. And that's the sort of situation where you not only need to be prepared, but you need to assume that something like this could happen and have an action plan in place to, to stop the bleeding, cut things off, and contain an attack when it's underway. And that can only happen proactively with the cooperation of not only the IT staff, it has to come from the top, from the CEO, from the CISO, and from the board. Well, and I guess, Andrew, from that perspective, that if, if companies, whether they be in Hollywood or wherever they are across the, the country uh, or around the globe, if you don't have that, that in place already – then you're already uh, quite a bit behind the eight ball, aren't you? You are a sitting duck. It is not a question of whether you will get attacked. It's yeah. only a question of when and exactly how severe it will be. And chances are that you're already on the radar of many different people who may already, as we think is the case in Sony, in the Sony incident, who may already be setting up shop of malware in your networks and just hanging out and waiting for the right time to spring their desired attack. I, I, I can't imagine, Peter, what this does to the entertainment industry just in general when you think, you know, Sony or Warner Brothers, all these companies that do all these multi-million dollar projects, they, they just have to be scurrying today or the last couple of weeks making sure that all their processes are, are, are squared away and up to date so that they don't fall into the same boat that Sony's in. I imagine. Exactly. Go ahead, uh, Peter. I imagine that that's indeed the case, especially for some sort of industries like the movie industry, where you have to protect some ideas, some yeah. projects that, that are in the process for a long period of time. This is an important part of the part of your core essential business, right? Protecting those ideas and anything that happens in digital environments have to be very carefully protected. I'm sure many of the movie studios right now are, are thinking, just like Andrea said, what are we doing? Well, how can we make sure that this is not going to happen to us in the near future? Andrea? And the first step is a very basic one. Every enterprise should have a board member who is sophisticated about information security issues. Yeah. There is a host of, um, there, there's a host of potential candidates with information security backgrounds out there who have either run startups in the past who are focused on information security or sophisticated attorneys who've worked with these kinds of clients. Every enterprise should go go out and make sure that they have a member of the board of directors who follows these issues and can give the officers a heads up and make sure that the board is doing the right things to be preventative and proactive about these things. Is that still a problem with certain companies in this country that they don't have that type of person on their board of directors? The vast majority of companies still do not have a security sophisticated person on their board of directors. That's stunning, especially in this day and age where, where so much of, well, 90% of what a company does is somehow tied to a digital environment that, that you wouldn't have that as part of, uh, as part of the, the normal day-to-day -day operations. Yes, it is in, in my mind. And even on Wall Street, the last time I looked, there were some prominent investment banks that didn't have chief security officers as a prominent member of their management team. 
That's amazing. Now, Pinar, in terms of the movie itself being pulled, obviously a lot of people within the industry are are bashing Sony for actually doing this because it kind of goes back to the old philosophy we've had, you know, here in the United States for for decades is that you you don't back down to terrorists, you don't, you know, pay the ransom money, that that type of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yet that's basically what Sony did. So uh, from Sony's perspective right now, how do they play this? I mean, they have to clean up Obviously, the mess that they have with with their mm-hmm. systems and their email and all everything going into their building. But how do they kind of kind of build off of this to try and regain some of what they lost? Well, I think Sony is only partly to blame here because it was also the movie theaters, the chain sure. large movie theaters, yeah. who denied showing this movie, screening this movie, and and it's it has two pieces to it. Yes, one part of it is the security threats that. Indeed, some people might be hurt, perhaps, and if, if there's any threat or any kind of events that are somehow triggered by this, yeah. Sony would be simply overhauling a whole another PR nightmare. I think that's a huge risk that they would not want to take at this point. But the second part of the, the equation, as I mentioned, is that there's also the financial piece. Of course, when these security threats are coming out, some moviegoers will be simply... Uh, just be cautious and they are going to perhaps avoid going to the movies for a period of time. And if that's the case, if fewer people are going to the movies, there's perhaps not too much of a financial reason to show to screen those movies at this point anyway. So I can see that from Sony's perspective, just as a cautious move, as opposed to taking additional steps of going and and creating a further (laughs) conflict. And now that the government and and larger bodies of the United States, at least uh, parties, are involved in this, I think that's probably a cautious and and smart move on their side. You bring up a good point because of the fact that that it was the theaters that were actually the first Mm -hmm. entity that reacted to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they made the decision, Regal, AMC, and and Mm -hmm. some of the other ones is like. And and really, that decision forced Sony to make the decision to pull the movie altogether. I think that's uh, that's essentially put them in, in some sort of a corner to also say, okay, there isn't that much of a reason for us now that it's also not going to be screened in, in many different locations simply because the movie theaters do not want to do it. Yeah. That's uh, also another reason why I think they just simply felt like, okay, this we have to stop doing this. So if, if you don't have the theaters as an option, then why, from, from a marketing perspective, do they decide not to just do a release and say, you know what, we knew we were going to put this on DVD or we're going to put this on Blu-ray anyway. Let's just release it this way and we get it out to the public that in that manner. I don't know if they can do this at least contractually or or would it if it would be financially viable okay. to go this this option. To- I- I suspect not. I would think, considering what we were talking about before, there's mm-hmm. certainly kind of that that uh, that conversation piece all around people around the public, uh, American public, that want to see this film now mm-hmm. in some respects just because of the reaction we've had over the last couple of weeks because of the hack and because of the movie getting pulled. Yes. I think Sony will have to be careful about how much of the this movie they release within at least a short period of time, but certainly the effects of this attack partly could be visible on the other movies that have been leaked out, right? that have been in the file-sharing environments before yeah. release. So if there is some sort of a positive effect of all of this, this essentially mention of these movies in the, in the media on the, the number of moviegoers to see these movies, then, then maybe Sony will have to revisit its decision about what to do with this, this particular movie, the interview.
Andrea, as we started uh, our show today, I, I just, you know, I keep my Twitter account uh, uh, up and running, and I happen to notice a, a media member tweeting out that that apparently the President Obama is supposed to speak at about 1.30 Eastern uh, today and, uh, about something. I'm not sure what, but apparently the, the government is potentially going to say, yes, it was North Korea that did this. So from what we were talking about earlier, is this a little bit of a quick rush to judgment to do it right now? Do they need to hold off even a little bit longer? It's generally a good idea in this kind of a situation to have the forensics thoroughly finished before rushing to point fingers. And this timing is a bit quick for my case, uh, particularly based on what I'm seeing discussed through my networks in the information security professional community. There is substantial doubt that the source, the sole source at least, of the attack uh, was connected to North Korea. Now, there could be some components of the malware. There could be um, a piece that was phoning home to North Korea. But all of these kinds of maneuvers are also possible shielding maneuvers that sophisticated hackers would use. So the question of whether this is primarily a North Korean operation or the operation of, say, an IP criminal enterprise funded by China, perhaps, or it could be a group of um, disgruntled, sophisticated uh, ex-employees from um, the industry. It, it could be any one of a number of sources. This, The code that was used in these attacks has been around and is known. It's, it was not actually a very sophisticated attack because many pieces of this malware and the ways that they compromise the system to the extent that we know from press reports, these, these are well known in the information security community. So if you're a pro at this stuff, you could do this. Yeah. So it's, caution is, is warranted here in attribution until all the facts have been analyzed by the most sophisticated people. But as you alluded to, uh, Andrea, if this was such a, an extensive push by these hackers into Sony's system that it even went as far as the copyings, the copiers in the office, then this is a you know this is one of those times where everybody just kind of takes up notice and checks their own processes within their own company to make sure that everything is right. Exactly. That's the big takeaway for business at this point. This is a cautionary tale of making sure that you are on top of your security on an ongoing basis. This attack didn't happen really in 10 minutes. This attack happened over a prolonged period of time where attackers were hiding in the, the closet, so to speak, and sprung out into the bedroom whenever they felt like it. And so that's the risk of neglecting to have an ongoing vigilant approach to the security of your enterprise. Um, So hopefully companies will look at this and say, that can't be us, and take affirmative steps to bolster their internal training, bolster their networks, get a board member who's going to be in charge of zealously overseeing this type of process management, and turn over a new lease, the, the period in the history of the company where information management is top priority. And particularly particularly for more traditional companies, this is a real challenge. It's a cultural shift that needs to happen. It can't happen overnight. 
and it is a somewhat painful process, but the reality of the digital age is that intangible assets matter at a whole new level now. And so this is just a necessary evolution in fiduciary obligation management and in business processes. Andrea, thanks very much for your time uh, and all your knowledge on this. Greatly appreciate it. Enjoy your holiday season. Thanks. Andrea Matuishan from uh, Princeton University. PNR, great to see you again. Thanks for your input as well. Thank you. Enjoy your holiday. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.